Hello and welcome to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It's Friday and it's your boy, Rob, the glorious Robbie Rotten. And you know what that means. It's time for the Friday Night Smackdown Podcast. So I ask once again, are you ready for a good time? But before we jump into that, we have some shocking, groundbreaking, unprecedented news. And that news is that Vince McMahon, the creator and founder of the WWE, has announced he is officially retiring from WWE, both as the CEO and as the head of creative in all areas. Um, Many people will say that they never, ever saw this day coming while Vince was alive. And honestly, I can kind of chalk myself up as one of those people. The first thing I said upon seeing this news was, I'll believe it when I see it. And every single announcement I've seen just makes it more and more official looking. I mean, obviously it is official. It's real. Um, It came in the form of Vince tweeting, which is a weird way. That's what I saw first. And that's what made me think, come on. Well, what? Maybe he got like hacked or something. Maybe this is. But no, there was officially announcements from WWE and everywhere. And Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan have been announced as co-CEOs. That's an interesting move. Stephanie, I'm very happy about. Nick Khan, not so much. But also, it's worth noting that Triple H has been uh, announced to be stepping back into his role as the executive vice president of talent relations, uh, which is great. Because he did an excellent job with NXT, as everybody knows. And I think he's a good fit for this. I think he and Stephanie will be great with running the company. Nick Khan, not so much, but we'll see. Um, This is bittersweet. Um, You know, he's allegedly done a lot of uh, Vince, not not Triple H. Uh, Vince has allegedly done a lot of terrible things in the past. Uh, he, there's some, some really big allegations out there about him paying money to, to some hush money to women. Uh, I'm really hoping it comes out that this is not true, but the way that this is going down to me and Pat is the one that uh, pointed this out in our group chat, that it looks like they probably found something pretty damning. Honestly, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Again, speculation. We're not. Gonna, I'm not going to say that for for sure until it comes out. But I don't know. That's that's seems to be the way it's going. He wants to kind of distance distance himself from the company. That's the way I perceive it, and that's unfortunate because he has been responsible for helping create so much joy for so many people, and bringing us so many great moments and so many great memories so really it's a bittersweet thing I do think as great as he has been uh, it probably was time for him to step down now anyway and kind of let uh, Stephanie and Triple H and maybe even Shane uh, take more of a role in the future so uh, I guess we will see it's going to be incredibly interesting to see what happens And uh, what kind of things change in the coming weeks and months. And it's definitely 
a weird thing. Uh, we're going to have to see how that shakes out and if his if his people stay with the company, if Bruce Pritchard and if uh, Kevin Dunn and if any more of Vince's people stay or if they end up being phased out as well. I don't know. Nobody knows. The company's going to be in a flux for a bit. Uh, yeah. Definitely something uh, strange and crazy news. Uh, it's a segue into SmackDown itself. Stephanie McMahon kicked off the show. Um, basically to, you know, relay the news, which pretty much everyone had already heard at this point. It broke everywhere online. You, it, unless you're living under a rock as a wrestling fan, you cannot miss this news pretty much. Um, and she thanked the fans for all the support and for, you know, always being there, just being fans. And then she talked a little bit about how much Vince has done for the business. And then she led the crowd and thank you, Vince Chance, which I mean, if it does come out that Vince is guilty of these allegations, it's kind of going to look bad in hindsight. But at the same time, uh, Vince is her father and he has, regardless of what he did not justifying anything he may or may not have done, but he has done a lot for the wrestling business more than probably anyone else in the history of wrestling. So I, I guess you got to give him that, you know, it was short, sweet and harmless, I guess. So yeah, that was the beginning of the show. And after that, we had the street profits coming out and cutting a promo about how they are going to win the tag titles at SummerSlam. Uh, Theory interrupts and says that no one cares about what the Profits are going to do at SummerSlam because they're all going to be talking about him after he wins the United States title from Bobby Lashley and cashes in his Money in the Bank briefcase on whoever is left standing, whether it be Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. And then the Usos music hits, and they say that Theory is... uh, is not going to make it to SummerSlam if he keeps talking about Roman that way. And uh, Theory and the Usos, for some reason, attack the Prophets together, which is weird because they were just kind of, you know, not getting along, and then all of a sudden they attack the Prophets together. That that was a little weird, but sure. Um, they're heels, so I guess that makes sense. Madcap Moss comes out and makes the save. Uh, they start a huge brawl with all three of them, ending with the baby faces standing tall. Dawkins hits a nice dive over the top rope to wipe out the heels. And obviously, in typical WWE fashion, this is going to set up uh, what looks to be a tag team main event for later on tonight. A nice six-man tag. Uh, looks promising with all the talent involved. So I'm not mad at that. Uh, yeah, should be good. Next up, we have Shinsuke Nakamura making his way to the ring to a big ovation from both the crowd and from his biggest fan, Pat McAfee, uh, for his match that was announced last week with Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, if Shinsuke Nakamura can win this match, he will get a Intercontinental Championship match with Gunther. And Ludwig dominates early with some quick offense. And the two trade control until Kaiser throws Nakamura into the ring steps. 
And Gunther is uh, very happy about this. He nods his approval. And we head into the commercial break. Uh, when we're back, Shinsuke comes back with some signature offense. You know, some vintage Shinsuke, as uh, Michael Cole would and probably did say. I don't know. I wasn't paying that good of attention to the commentary at that point, I guess. Um, we had some uh, password issues. I was watching back and forth on my phone and TV, and there were other people in the room, so I kind of missed a little bit here and there, but it, it's fine. I still caught the match. Um, where was I? Shinsuke comes back and does some signature offense, and he look, seems to be well on his way to a win until Gunther gets involved with the referee is a little distracted and punches Shinsuke. Uh, Ludwig capitalizes with a hammerlock DDT for the win. But Gunther is still not pleased. I guess he was hoping Ludwig could win without his help. And absolutely kills him with a chop. He kind of teases a little bit before. He's mad, but then he's like, ah, it's okay. You won. He pats him on the back. But then anyway, when Ludwig's guard is down, he chops the hell out of him and kills him. Uh, very solid match. This was, uh, as expected, both men are very talented. This was a good match. Uh, very nice. Um, I wonder what they're going to do with Gunther, though. Like, what's... Who's the challenger going to be? I'm assuming down the line they are going to eventually break Ludwig and Gunther up after this. But I would hope that that is a long way down the line and not soon. Because it seems like something they can build for a while. Next up, we have Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan talking backstage. Uh, Kayla's there to interview them, but Ronda sends her away. She, uh, they keep sending away the backstage interviewers for some reason. And uh, Ronda says that she likes and respects Liv but that she is going to beat her at SummerSlam. And, you know, that's just kind of what's going to happen. Liv cuts a promo about how she's going to win because she wants it, needs it, and loves it more than Ronda. She's fiery and believable here. Uh, Ronda was a little wooden, as has kind of been the norm since her return, but this was definitely better than anything she did in her feud with Nat Natalia, at least. Uh, Liv Morgan was believable and you could tell she believed everything she was saying and it showed it was good work um, not terrible uh, I definitely am interested to see their match I don't know how that dynamics gonna work and we'll see we'll see at SummerSlam and then as we come back to the ring Corbin shows up out of nowhere and kicks the hell out of Pat McAfee and roughs him up a little bit more Throws him up against the barricade, but McAfee chases Corbin backstage where Corbin's waiting with a chair and just misses a chair shot. And the two brawl for a bit before being separated. Adam Pierce then like throws Corbin out of the locker room, I guess. Uh, and then when we come back from commercial, Pat is in the ring and gets the crowd to chant bum ass Corbin a few times. And then says Corbin cannot sneak attack him at SummerSlam and that he'll see him in Nashville, bitch. Because that's a thing to say, sure. Uh, it was a nice little spot to further the angle. Even though I kind of hate the bum-ass Corbin thing. But whatever. I'll forgive Pat McAfee. Please stop. But whatever. Eh, whatever. I think the match will be fun, though. I think it definitely has the potential to be pretty fun. And then the New Day come out and are on commentary for the next match. And Xavier is wearing the most horrifying... <laughs> nightmare fuel unicorn mask I've ever seen in my life. He's got like 
some weird contact lenses in too, so it's even scarier. Um, please, please find pictures of this. It's absolutely horrifying. Uh, the match is Jinder Mahal and Shanky versus the Viking Raiders. Uh, Shanky tries to dance and Jinder still does not allow it. He hates the dancing. I don't know what his issue is with dancing, but he really hates it. Oh, man. Uh, obviously, the Viking Raiders dominate the match. They dominate Jinder for pretty much the whole time. They keep like kind of like interacting with the New Day, and it distracts them a little bit here and there, but not too much. And then finally, after like, I don't know, a minute and a half, two minutes, they throw Jinder into Kofi and Woods. And it causes a count-out win for the Viking Raiders. Uh, nothing says dominance like a count-out, right? Come on, guys. What are we doing? They're trying to build up the Viking Raiders as this dominant team. And, I mean, they're succeeding. Like, they're... They look dominant until they do stuff like this. Like, why? I don't know. Such a waste of the new day here. I mean, I don't know. But, honestly, the Viking Raiders, too. They're very talented. They're a good team. At least they're doing something. They'll probably have a good match when they finally have, like, a real match. But I don't know. They did announce a match between them for SmackDown next week. So hopefully they have, like, a real competitive match. All right. And then we have Sonya Deville confronting Adam Pearce and criticizing his management, saying something always goes wrong every week. I think they're talking about um, the Corbin and McAfee thing here. They didn't really say specifically, unless they did and I missed it. I don't know. But yeah, they confront. He, she confronts him, and she suggests that he hire her back to help keep things smooth. But instead, he books her in a match with Raquel Rodriguez. So we're going to get that match a little later. And out come the Brawling Brutes, which is Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch. They make their wing to the ring for something called shillelaghs and shenanigans. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Sheamus insults the crowd like a good heel does for some cheap heat. He complains about McIntyre's sword and says he won't wrestle Drew until the sword is banned from ringside. Uh, Drew comes out with the sword, of course, and the brutes look scared, except for Butch, of course, who needs to be restrained by Ridge Holland. And Drew asks, what happened to the Seamus that he knew and worked with for 20 years and criticizes Seamus for ducking him when they have a huge opportunity to main event at Clash at the Castle in Cardiff against uh, the world champion, whoever that may be. And he tries to, Drew, that is Drew, tries to go Seamus into the match tonight. And Seamus teases that he's going to accept. He's, he's basically like, you want it here? You want it right now? Well, you got it. And then he says, oh, not tonight, though. And then he announces that the match will take place next week on SmackDown as a good old fashioned Donnybrook. Those are the exact words. I don't know what that means. I guess it's like an Irish thing for a fight. I don't know. Sure. Uh, he also announces that the sword will be banned, but shillelaghs are allowed for some reason, I guess, because he's Irish, whatever. Uh, then McIntyre chops a shillelagh in half with his sword and Seamus is shocked for some reason because, you know, this hasn't been McIntyre's thing for the last year. But sure, honestly, it should be fun. It's a weird concept, but a match between these two is very welcome and uh, I think it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and 
whoever the winner is should have a great match with whoever the winner of the title match is. So, great. Cool. The Usos and Paul Heyman are backstage. And the Usos are kind of talking about how they're going to win the match and even take out Theory if he keeps talking about Roman, like they said earlier. But Heyman kind of calms them down and is like, hey, you guys should use Theory until the match is over and then take him out after the match and leave him laying. Some nice mass mi- mastermindery from Paul Heyman. Makes sense. You know, that's uh, short and sweet. Makes sense to me. Raquel Rodriguez comes to the ring for her match with Sonya and does that thing where she shows everyone her back. I-, I know pretty much everyone has like their own pose or gesture or whatever they do like before they get in the ring, like when they come out on the ramp or whatever, but I, I don't. I don't get it. Like, I don't know what she's trying to show here. I don't know what the purpose is. Uh, I don't know. It's not like it hurts anybody or anything. I just don't. I, I I don't know. It's weird. I think it's weird. Whatever. Whatever. Go ahead. You do you, Raquel. That's fine. You're not hurting anybody. Um, Sonia tries to take control, but Raquel sizes too much, and she shakes off most of Sonia's offense. Until DeVille finally gets Raquel off her feet by slamming her face into the turnbuckles, like one by one by one. Kind of like how Mod Hardy used to do it, but not not quite as silly looking. Uh, and then she hits, uh, Sonya hits a running knee on Raquel for a pretty good two count. Uh, Raquel gets control back and hits some power moves. And a really impressive looking like corkscrew elbow drop from the corner, which looked Really, really good. I've never seen Raquel do something like that. It looked great. Uh, Sonya looked kind of like she might have injured her arm. I don't know if she was just selling or if she's actually hurt. I kind of hope she's just selling. Not kind of hope. I, I do hope she's just selling because she's underrated, I think. But, uh, yeah, then Raquel finished Sonya with her finisher, which has been renamed a couple times, so I don't know what it's called. I didn't really catch what they called it. I didn't really understand what Michael Cole was saying. So I didn't want to just, like, randomly say something and butcher it. So, yeah. Um, that was fine for what it was. Um, it's I, I don't like that Sonya's kind of like a glorified jobber right now. But, I mean, it was fine. Like, it was a fine match. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. Sonya got in more offense than I expected, actually. So, yeah, I was fine with it. Uh, and then we have Aaliyah hitting the ring to somehow, like, a big reaction. I I have to assume. I have to. I just, I can't believe that those are not, those are real cheers. I just assume that the, the cheers are piped in here. Because last week, Aaliyah came out to nothing. And now this week, it's not like it's her hometown or anything. She gets, like, this huge ovation. Nah, 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 nah. I don't believe it for a second. Uh, then they play back Lacey's promo from last week. And Lacey comes out. Aaliyah has to be held back by the ref. She's so ma- she's she's all of a sudden really offended by Lacey, which I, I guess is fine. Like it just seems, yeah. I guess she's been disrespected. I guess as a storyline. So sure, that's fine. Uh, Lacey cuts a promo about how Boston was founded by hardworking, good people like her. She takes a couple cheap shots about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots a few years ago for Tampa. Um, and she said she's better than everyone in the town, and she knows it. Uh, Aaliyah tried to shut her up, but Lacey hits her with the woman's right out of nowhere and leaves again. 
without a match. So that's two weeks in a row at least. I don't know. There might have been more before this. So I'm assuming we're going to get this match eventually. I think actually later in the night they announced it for next week. So, I yeah, I guess we're getting it next week. I Hopefully it actually happens finally. I mean, I don't really care about that match because Aaliyah does nothing for me and Lacey's fine. I mean, whatever. That's fine, I guess. Sure. We're getting that match next week, apparently. Then we cut backstage where Kayla Braxton is interviewing Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and Double J basically just hypes up the tag title match at SummerSlam and says he's going to call it down the middle. Short. Uh, harmless. He looked great, actually. He looked he looked jacked. Looked like he was in great shape. And he sounded really good. He sounded confident. He sounded like uh, the, the Jeff Jarrett of old. So, cool. Glad to see it. Uh, I was kind of questioning it, but sure. Uh, you know what? I think it'll be fine. It's in Nashville. He is synonymous with Nashville. So, sure. Cool. And then the Usos hit the ring for the for, for the six-man tag match that was set up earlier in the night. And it's only like 9.30. So it's definitely looking like we're going to get uh, a lot of time for the match and whatever inevitable hijinks happen afterwards. So that's great. I'd like to see that. Um, we have Maxine Dupree debuting in a backstage segment. Uh, Max is not there. It's just her and, uh, what is it, Masse and uh, Mansois hyping up next week's 2022 Beachwear collection. So, yeah, that's something. Um, I'm sure someone out there more knowledgeable than me will know who she previously was in NXT, but I can't tell you that because I don't know. Uh, she doesn't look familiar to me. So she's obviously from, like, the new crop that I just don't am not super aware of. I haven't really watched a lot of NXT 2.0, so I'm not sure who she was previously. Um, the Street Profits and Mad Cat Moss come out next, and then Theory comes out last, which was kind of weird since the heels came out first and then the baby faces. So, and then the heel, I don't know, weird, but sure. I, I, it's fine, doesn't matter. Just a little nitpicking for me, I guess. Immediately, Dawkins tries to roll up a distracted Jimmy, but it's, he doesn't get any count here. You know, smart. Go for it. Jimmy was kind of distracted by Theory. So, obviously, it's a can-they-get-along dynamic here. So, typical stuff there. Um, you can tell that uh, Dawkins is really trying to prove to the fans that have questioned him uh, that he's improved a lot because he was moving around really well, doing some cool moves and stuff, hitting enziguris and corkscrew forearms and all kinds of good stuff. So he was looking great here. Um, we go to the first commercial break with the baby faces in the ring, and Montez Ford is taunting Theory while holding the Money in the Bank briefcase. And when we come back, the heels are somehow in control with Moss in the ring for the faces and Theory being tagged in for the heels. Uh, Dawkins gets the hot tag from Moss and brings his team back into the match before tagging in Ford, who immediately hits this insane crossbody. He gets so much air. I cannot wait for this man's singles pu push, inevitable singles push when the Street Profits... I mean, I guess they don't have to break up, but they're probably going to break up pretty soon after SummerSlam. That's what it looks like to me. Unless they win, they could win. I mean, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility for them to win. So, whatever. 
Either way, I'm looking forward to Montez Ford as a single star. That's going to be awesome. Um, Jay super kicks Montez off the apron into the announce table, and they throw him over the barricade to go into a second commercial break. And coming back from the break, Montez makes the hot tag to Moss, who takes out everyone on the opposing team with some explosive offense. Honestly, this guy could also be a huge single star with the right booking. Um, I, I've, I've, you know, been all right on him the last year or six months or whatever. I thought he was fine, but he's actually he's been really impressing me the last couple of weeks. So uh, good for him. I want him to get another name. I definitely want him to get a real first name. I want him to get some better gear because he's just wearing black trunks right now. But eventually, this guy could be a big star. I really think so. He's really explosive. He's got great speed. He's got a good look and a good physique. He's got everything. I think he can talk a little bit too, so sure. Do it. Let's try it out. Um, <clears throat> Jimmy finally stops Madcap or Moss, whatever you want to call him. I, I'm just going to call him Moss. I hate I hate the Madcap. He stops Moss's momentum with a super kick. Theory jumps off the apron when uh, Jimmy goes for the tag. And... Uh, he runs straight into Jay, who super kicks him. And then Jimmy super kicked him as well, Theory as well. And they beat him down a little bit. And uh, as they're kind of outside the ring with Theory, uh, Ford, or actually they're going to leave. They're not outside the ring with Theory. Theory's kind of on the side. The Usos are just going to leave. And then Ford takes out the Usos with a beautiful dive over the ro top rope. Theory and Moss are the last ones in the ring. They're both pretty woozy. Uh, Theory hits a weird, like, package neckbreaker thing with, like, a really awkward-looking setup for a close near fall. It, it, it might have been cool if the setup wasn't so awkward, but sure, it was a little too complicated for me. Uh, Moss takes control back using his speed once again and looks to have the match won. But for the second straight week, of course, Theory uses his briefcase on Moss to get the DQ win. Uh, well, not the DQ win because Moss gets the win here. But to take the disqualification so he doesn't eat a pin, I guess. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't like the way the match ended, but it was a good match. Um, he continues to attack Moss until Brock Lesnar's music hits to a thunderous ovation. Uh, there was a lot of speculation earlier in the day that right after the Vince McMahon announcement, it was also stated that Brock Lesnar had walked out and he wasn't going to appear on the show. And that was not true. Whether he walked out or not, I don't know. But he obviously appeared. And I, I think originally he was supposed to have a confrontation with Roman. That didn't happen. But I don't know for sure. I don't really remember. But yeah, this was a, a fun little way to end the show. Uh, Theory tries to hit Brock with the briefcase, but eats an F5. And a beating from his own briefcase followed by a second F5 onto the briefcase. Definitely a fun way to end the show. Uh, I'd say it was a better episode than last week for sure. Um, the matches were better. I think both Shinsuke, Shinsuke and Ludwig Kaiser and the main event were uh, really solid matches. Most of the segments were better, I think. I mean, there were a couple here and there that were kind of meh. But for the most part, I would say this is definitely a better episode of SmackDown. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say about tonight's episode. I look forward to uh, hearing uh, 
you know what? Let me know. Let me know what you thought. And uh, I will catch you guys next week for the next episode of SmackDown. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Peace.